Welcome back for episode 19 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on February 24th, 2016 on Twitch.tv. Huge shout out to the chat over here. Thank you so much for spending your evening with us. This is your host, Blue Crew 86 Alongside me, we have Steeman Willie Beeman, the legendary shoehorn of the lore himself. Pay and be with you, my children, especially you, Penn's Halo and DBM Gamer. Justin's Looks like gonna, we're going to have a good night. Yeah, it's <laughs> going to be a great one. Justin's going to be unable to jump into the chat tonight due to a conflict that has come up, but we'll try to keep the dragons in mind while we're going through the show for him. The topic of today's chat is going to be a discussion of the lore behind an epic rivalry within the Destiny storyline, the tale of Dredgen Yor and Jaren Ward. Before we get into that, however, I do want to run through some quick notes. Our last chat was a re-recording of our first ever episode of Cyrus. If you missed that and have any interest in hearing our thoughts, please be sure to check out our Podbean site at focusfirechat.podbean.com for archives of all previous chats. You can also find us on iTunes by searching for Focus Fire Chat in the podcast section on the Apple Store. If you guys don't mind, go ahead and give us a review to let us know how we're doing. We are also in the process of getting approved for Google Play Podcast app, and we're waiting for that to become available to everyone. So if you're more of a fan of the Androids than the Apples, keep an eye out on that front. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Wednesday at around 10 p.m. Central, we get together to stream a recap of the previous week's chat for those who are unable to participate. The topic for next week's chat is going to be over the Guardian Race of the Exos. So, with all that taken care of, let's get started with the cause of a surprisingly large number of tense debates, the lore around Dredged and Yor and Jaren Ward. I do want to toss out a quick compliment to our chat, because even in the midst of such a controversial topic, all of you managed to remain calm and collected, which was truly amazing and an awesome job. Indeed. Um, because, like you said, Blue, this is one of those topics that everybody, you're on one side of the other, and we will find out where everybody is tonight. Um, we have the first Thorn card. We'll go into Dredgen first, and we'll go into Jaren next, right? Yeah. Well, the reason why is just alphabetical. Not because of preference, but just alphabetical. (laughs) Just try to keep this as as uncontroversial as it's it's going to get controversial, but... Yeah, there's no debate on that. It's definitely... Well, there's huge debate on the fact, and there is no debate... On the fact there will be debate. Mm-hmm. Cool. Anywho, Thorn. To rend one's enemies is to see them not as equals, but objects. Hollow of spirit and meaning. That is the 13th understanding, 7th book of sorrow. Augmented through dark practices, Thorn was once a hero's weapon. Its jagged frame hints at a sinister truth. A powerful connection to the unutterable sorceries of the hive. The legend of Thorn is bound to rise and fall of Dredgen Yor, a guardian whose name is remembered with disgust and shame. The weapon was thought destroyed, but rumors 
rumors of its existence still haunt the wilds. And that is the first card we actually have for Thorn. And there are more, and it gets so interesting. This damn topic. So, you know, here's here's the first thing um, a lot of people make a note of here. Uh, it's referencing, it's quoting from a book of sorrows that we don't have. So keep, keep that yeah, in mind. There, this, that, this is clear indication that there are more books of sorrow, which is terrifying to me while I'm also really, really wanting to know them because for as much information as was in the, what? 52 that we already have. There's going to, there's yeah, already even more. Such a good call blue, because I mean, that is huge. Like, this is a book of sorrow that we don't know of. And when we read the books of sorrow, we learn the history of the hive for the ones that we get, at least. Um, you know, how Orash became Oryx. And, and just how the they went from the lowest on the food chain to pretty much the top. Until they came here and we wreck them, mm-hmm. but yeah, good call on that, dude. Because like, well, and then and then the other the other facet that just keeps coming up is the fact that you know with with all the weapons of sorrow, and this is not just Thorn. This is you know red or not red death. Um, why am I suddenly blanking? Bad juju. You know, Black Spindle, all these other weapons of sorrow, these darker weapons. There was weapon. Was what? uh, I don't think the no, spindle no, is a no. I don't. It wasn't. It was my brain having a mental lapse there for a second. But in the reason I was um, thinking, the reason I was thinking that was because Red Death has a very similar uh, line in it about oh, this weapon was thought destroyed or this weapon is supposed to be destroyed, but yet you know we conveniently overlook that warning and just use it. Um, the th- the cool thing about Thorn is that we actually not we are actually not using the full weapon. Um, they uh, you know as part of the quest that everyone had to slam their heads against the wall, especially those of us who didn't have void subclasses. I hate all of you. Um, <laughs> you know, as part of that, the, uh, Oh, thank you. DBM. It's the necrochasm that I was thinking of. Um, part of that quest to get thorn in the, in the game is the severing of the tie that it has with the hive. And so we actually are using when we use Thorn. So as much as everyone complains about Thorn, this is actually a watered down version of the gun. So you know, think about it this way: you you guys all whine about Thorn being overpowered right now. The one that you're wielded was exponentially more powerful. So, and that's and that's just something that I always kept. I kept coming up because you know the quest is so prevalent in the in the grimoire about Thorn, but that was one thing that just kept kind of smacking me. Was yeah, it's not connected to the hive anymore. It's not connected to the hive. I was like, you know, if this isn't connected to the hive and this is this dangerous, holy hell, this gun would have been. Well, for me, I'm looking at the uh, Twitch chat. And I see how DBM and 
pens you're talking about the necrochasm was the other mm-hmm. yeah yeah weapon of sorrow and that it, i don't understand how those are the only three weapons of sorrow we have well we have okay. the thorn mm-hmm. bad juju and we have the necrochasm and black spindle. and spindle's more of a joke against crota well, you know. but okay, but remember, a we- so to go into the weapons of sorrow really quick, there's there's a couple, there was actually an argument that I got into, well, not an argument, actually, it was a really good conversation, but it kind of was a debate on Reddit, that a weapon, so a weapon of sorrows, there's a couple different definitions. There's one that uh, Destinypedia has that the weapons of sorrows are simply guardian weapons that have been augmented by the hive. Now, a couple of people have also said that a weapon of sorrow is like the touch of malice. It houses the soul of an ascendant hive. Um, you know, we have touch of malice is obviously Oryx. Necrochasm is Crota. Uh, it begs the question on which one Black Spindle is. And it definitely begs the question on if that's the case, if this is the case to create a weapons of sorrow or a weapon of sorrow is to, to actually augment it with the soul of an ascendant hive, who is housed in, in Thorn and who is housed in Bad Juju? You know, and, that and, is and, a and very DB, good question. DBM too. is actually, I mean, yeah, and DBM actually does bring yeah, a point up in the chat. He's saying that, you know, Spindle is not confirmed, but it's suspected that all the Crota weapons are actually in some form a weapon of sorrow. And that could be said. And in that case, you could say the same thing, though, about the King's Fall weapons, um, because you have the Defiance of Yasmin. Who, you know, obviously that's Paladin Yasmin, who was there during the attack against Oryx himself. Right. And, but would that uh, be a, but would, so are you thinking that would be a weapon of sorrow? Cause, uh, I mean, I, you don't I mean, think I she was know. sad at the fact that she doesn't really think she can protect the queen? Yeah, but I mean, like, I almost want to say that the 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 concept of a weapon of sorrow is actually the the app. I guess if it's the application of sword logic in weapon form, technically. Well, if you want to do that, then the uh, the freaking fracking flukin' flurkin'. <laughs> <laughs> you just made that meme come to mind. <laughs> I don't freak a murder, but what I do, I freak a frack a fruit. Oh, God. Stop it, Blue. Oh. Um, the scout rifle that you get that's automatic, and it's so awesome when you From use it against King's the Fall? sisters and orcs. Yes. It's so obvious, and I should know it, and I don't right now. I'm so embarrassed. For those of us who are oh. listening to the recording, the reason why we're we're stumbling around <laughs> is because we weren't planning on actually diving into the Weapons of Sorrow in this conversation. This actually was not the intended... But I think it's relevant, though. Oh, no, 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 no. It, it is extremely relevant. I'm just explaining why we sound like a bunch of people who don't know what we're talking well, about when it comes to Weapon of Sorrows. Well, like I see Ben uh, Penn's talking about the Duma Chelches. Like, uh, we had our awoke or not awoken, our fallen slash, um, Elixney chat before, I believe, mm-hmm. um, that it, like, the, the King's Fall weapons all seem like 
they are the fall of these races. But although the the defiance of Yasmin, it's the defiance of Yasmin. Well, you know, defiance, I think it's we're not going to go out like this, right? And I think know. it's more of the nature of that individual. You know, you know, Chelchis was doomed, yet he still stood in the face of the Maw or <clears throat> the Devourer that Osiris sent. Um, well, I mean, I think we talked about the fact that, like, that he was with the the stone yeah. right yep he was he, the Kel, he was the house a Kel stone, stone. Mm-hmm. yeah like and it seemed like they were one well, of the more prominent houses yeah, most i think most people would argue that they were the leading house of the elixir at the time there there is no indication of that but that def that definitely seems to be the feeling that you get when you start reading a little bit more about that exactly you know, yeah. um, so you have all this when, and we're going to the weapons of sorrow and we're supposed to be talking about, <laughs> well, I mean, okay, so Thor- is or- a weapon of sorrow. So, I mean, it, it is on, it is on topic. It's just, and, and the most, and the, and the question memorable is- thing is the fact that, you know, it's, it's a weapon of sorrow and it has a book of sorrow that we don't know about. Yeah, it has the, it has an understanding of a book of sorrow, which is an interesting because I, I want to know what the twelve understandings before the thirteenth one is, and it almost you know like we always there's that as well. There's a giant argument about the the books of sorrow whether or not they're actually historically accurate or if these are just you know uh, the theological teachings and you know the word of mouth that the hive passed down which is what Savathun would definitely want you to think because of her graffiti in them and um you know we we definitely kind of we kind of touch on that in the books of sorrow series there was a lot of information to unpack from them and we should probably go back some sometime in the near future and do that we again. should because like i mean when i look at it now when oh, i have yeah. these like upgrade this upgraded headset like all of the raid weapons for King's Fall, they're all sound and feel like flesh and bone. Mm-hmm. They, you know, and look, sound, feel, and look like flesh and bone. Oh, like, um, yeah, yeah, you mean, you mean audio. Yeah, oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the, audio, video, everything about all the King's Fall weapons. Like the, when you hear it, it just hears like bone and flesh and nerves touching <laughs> and like um, good stuff. Yeah, it makes you wonder what the and, ship sounds like. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't. Think, I mean, I, I have a feeling that Varric that has not be pieces of Baka in, in it. So I don't think Varric would be oh. very interested in that ship. Maybe that's how we can protect him, protect our ships from being stolen by him. I think Varix would actually, because <laughs> yeah, he's actually a Varix. pretty curious guy. Oh, um, uh, all right. So I actually like Varix a lot. I'm yeah, gonna throw that out there right now. You and um, you and Damo can agree on that one. Yeah, semi. I can't agree with Damo completely. <laughs> that would cause a time flux continuum. <laughs> It would tear a hole in time and space, so 
So <laughs> there's Ben <laughs> with the head desk. <laughs> um, so I mean, the the other question that stands out here is the augmentation. You know what what is what is the augmentation that these weapons, that especially Thorn, went through. It, it was a very powerful augmentation, obviously, because of Thorn. Thorn has, as most people know, the DOT, the damage over time, which is the mark of the devourer. And it, it literally is a vampiric weapon. It literally steals one's light, which we'll get into a little bit later when we start talking about the identity of Dredgenor and some of the conclusions that people have about that. But um, and it's it's also it's 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 also intriguing because of the way that they say that Thorn was once a hero's weapons, and we're gonna get into it in a little bit with Ghost the the first Ghost Fragment actually. Um, yeah, which I mean, actually, we're already right, which actually far into it, and yeah, and and the thing is, is this so this statement Thorn was once a hero's weapon actually ties into another theory about the identity of Vior. so. We'll we'll see. Um, do you want you want me to take Ghost Fragment? I got it pulled up. Yeah, you take the first one. I'll take the second one. We'll go back and forth. Sounds good. All right. So the first Ghost Fragment for Thorn is titled "The Rose." <clears throat> the nobleman stood, and the people looked to him, for he was a beacon, hope given form, yet still only a man. And within that truth, there was great promise. If one man could stand against the dark night. Then so too could anyone, everyone. In his strong hand, the man held a rose, and his aura burned bright. When the man journeyed on, the people remembered. In his wake, hope spread. But the man had a secret fear. His thoughts were dark. A sadness crept from the depths of his being. He had been a hero for so long, but pride had led him down sorrow's road. Slowly, the shadow's whispers became a voice, a dark call, offering glories enough to make even the brightest light wonder. He knew he was fading, yet still he yearned. On his last day, he sat and watched the sun fall. His final thoughts, pure of mind, if not body, held on to a fleeting hope. Though they would suffer for the man he would become, the people would remember him as he had been. And so the nobleman hid himself beneath a darkness no flesh should touch, and gave up his mortal self to claim a new birthright. Whether this was choice or destiny is a truth known only to fate. In that cool evening air, as dusk was devoured by night, the nobleman ceased to exist. In his place another stood. Same meat, same bone, but so very different. The first and only of his family the sole forebear and the last descendant of the name Yor. In his first moments as a new being, he looked down at his rose and he realized for the first time that it held no petals, only the jagged purpose of angry thorns. So, this is, this is literally the transformation of Redacted into Dredged in Yor. <laughs> and the, the reason why the, the joke you'll People, if they haven't already read the grimoire, the joke for the redacted thing will become very clear in the next couple cards. But oh, I'm absolutely sure. So, I mean, <laughs> without uh, so, uh, I still want to go into some theories here already because the, a lot of them tie into this card. But without without going into too much speculation, it's pretty clear he was a hero. 
Um, we don't know uh, his class. We don't know what he was a hero for. We just know he was a hero. Um, well, what we do know is that he used his rose and yes. that he eventually found that his rose was not really a rose blossoming, but, you know, jagged thorns. Right. And I, think I that's uh, you know, very and important is, in that card. And uh, yeah, it, it's extremely important. And I almost want to say that this, this to me actually points to the fact that thorn and Rose are the same gun. There, there wasn't any transfer. There, there could have been some transformation exactly. in the sense of the augmentation that the hive did to the weapon. Um, you know, imbuing it to dark powers. But as far as physical appearances, I don't know. I mean, there's, this yeah, is, I this mean, is you another can look at it as one as two ways, right. honestly. Mm-hmm. And, and I agree with you completely blue. Um, he looked at it. It's the same as what it feels like to me through that card, the way you read it. And for the first time, he's noticing, hey, these aren't blossoming petals, but these are jagged thorns. And uh, we don't know exactly what happened with uh, Dredgen. Right. And, and, you know, and the more I look at Thorn, you know, like obviously right now looking at Thorn as we look at it, it's obvious to the game, to the player. It's like, yeah, these are thorns. But, you know, if you've ever looked at if you ever looked at a rose petal or a rose bud and the I don't I don't really know if I'm going to say this completely correct. But when you did when you look at a rose it's overlaid petals. It's it's a lot of overlay petals, and they're not in, in. There's not any single individual petal. Like the petals by themselves are just basically you know semicircles. And if you look at thorn and you try to kind of suspend the the emotional <laughs> view from it, it kind of does have that same sort of overlap to it, right? You know, and I I mean I guess I can see. How if you weren't looking at it as the evil bane of your existence in the crucible, how it could look like like petals overlaid, and then obviously I think that there was some transformation going on with the augmentation that the thought the hive did. I mean, it became darker, it became more powerful. You know, it's got the giant green bubble that I, th- I think it's right and, the uh, mouth of it. That's one thing I wanted to point out, too, is, like, I don't remember who said it, but there is a good chance that Dredgen might have been a warlock, possibly. Yes, yes. Uh, I will get into that. We're going to get into that one, because <laughs> it's, uh, I, you know... I, I'm just you know, saying. Yeah, and we can we can touch on it really briefly. So, like, a lot of people make the assumption with these two characters... There's a there's a lot of people who make well there's there's two major assumptions that are made with these two. First assumption that they're the same people. Don't yell at me, don't scream at me. That's an assumption <laughs> that is made. Second assumption is that both of them are hunters. There so like uh, you know I can see 
there are arguments to be made for both of these assumptions. There are additional assumptions that we're going to get into as well. And actually one point that someone really, that actually someone made on Reddit that was really good was, you know, your, your dredge and your isn't a guardian anymore. He's not, he doesn't have a, well, he had a ghost, but he, he gets rid of his he, class does not matter to him. He transcends class now, which you know, you can argue now, if you look at the Grimoire card, the reason a lot of people kind of made the comment that Dior could be a warlock is because he's got a he's got a warlock helmet on. Um, it is actually I have the name of it here. Um, but he's also in the released copy of a wallpaper that Bungie released. There is actually a dead orbit bond that he that the avatar of your wears that this grimoire card is made from uh the warlock helmet is the tengu operant seven it was from the beta build so the tengu operant seven is actually in the game but it doesn't look like the helmet that is on the grimoire card um so if you look at the one from the beta build that's where that kind of that pointed appearance uh comes from but then, you know, and DBM actually beat me to it, but then there's the fact that he has a cloak on and he's, you know, he's portrayed, he's on a lot of, he's got a, the cloak of Dredge and Yor and that's, so, and then that's where kind of where a lot of people make the argument that he transcends classes and he, he can just do kind of whatever the, he wants because he doesn't have to listen to anybody because he just shoots them if they do, they, they question him. But... So, I mean, that that is the, if you look at the Grimoire card and you kind of take that worth face value, that is a Warlock build on the on the Dredge and Yor Grimoire cards. Just the same as on the Jaren Ward cards when we get to them. If you look at their cover, oh they're hunters. That's a, that's a hunter build. That's a hunter armor structure. And then there's also a couple different arguments about the way Jaren holds his weapons, but... Yeah, we still have the Thorn 2 card to get into, Blue. Yeah, do we... Okay, so here's here's a... I'm going to run, just kind of break the fourth wall on these. So Thorn 2 and actually the, the Thorn 2, 3, and 4. These are going to be kind of difficult cards. Um, I almost want to say we should just do a summary of these cards... Uh, because the, the, the problem with these two is, or these three is that they are literally transcripts. They're, they're transcripts between multiple, well, with Thorn two, that's a transcript between four individuals. Uh, Thorn three is two and then Thorn four is also two. Um, so Willie, what, what is your thoughts on that? Do you want to try to do? I mean, we can. It just seems like uh, if we do that, we could be because we we screwed. we can make up that we can make up the time with the chat uh, topic recap. We definitely can make up the time if we just summarize these three cards. All right, we can go ahead and summarize them. And I mean, we can pull out clips. Yeah, and pins pins. I I completely agree. Pins. Here's here's the thing. Here's right. the thing. I'll put. For, I'll, how about this? Some. How about this? How about this? I will put up links. There is there is an excellent resource for these cards that is amazing. That's done by Craig over on Guardian Radio, and it's called Ghosts and Echoes Clips. 
what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I'll, I'll talk to the guys over at guardian radio and I'll just ask if I can put the clips up to those cards, those, those audio files for these cards, because Craig just knocks this out of the park and he does a better job than we could. I, I, he does a really good job with the transcripts on these things. And so what we'll do is we'll summarize them. I'll put links to the, to the ghost and echoes. Um, and then DBM, I, I think DBM also has some transcripts as well. So we'll, we'll get some transcripts and we'll put them in show notes so that anybody who wants to, who wants to hear these cards read, who doesn't want to read them, we'll give you the links to that. And we'll just summarize them for, for right now. Will are you good with that? All right. Yeah, it's fine. Okay. Um, Thorn 2, pretty much you have three people because you have a total party of four. Um, three of them are unidentified, one unconfirmed, <coughs> and it does associate with Dredgen and the people of Palamon. And one guy is asking, you know, can I see your hand cannon? It's it's a pretty one. I've never seen anything like it. The other party is very hesitant. He does not want him to touch his gun at all. Which I can't really uh, blame him. Yeah, exactly. Because it seems like he calls it his prize. Is what the second party with the interesting gun does. He he calls it his prize and. It really seems like he values it a lot. So he goes ahead. He tells them, no, you can't see it. Yeah, you can't see it. Hey, you ever been to the moon? No, no one's ever been. Are you sure about that? Which I think that's fairly important in this card. Mm-hmm. It, for, it is. The, it uh, is very important. <clears throat> Ghost Fragment Thorn too. Yes. It doesn't confirm that he's been to the moon. Well, but we do associate the hive to the moon. And we know that uh, the thorn is full of hive magic. So right. I, and I mean, honestly and it, think that judging yours to the moon. Well, and we and, know, I mean, so here's the thing is we do know from other cards that he's been to Mars or Okay. We make the assumption that he's been on Mars. And the 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 way that he handles the whole comment of, like, nobody's been to the moon. Oh, well, and then, like, later down there, like, well, what's your name? Well, according to you, nobody. Like, the, the smart-ass response there, I, I definitely... If I can if I can take the ghost fragment, the last words, and use them as proof of anything, then I can take the, the assumption right here that he's been on the moon. Because, I mean, he, he speaks about things that only someone who has been there would know about. Yeah, I agree with that. Like the, the way he asks, he, he asks specifically, you ever been to Luna? No, no one's ever been. That's an assumption. You know, mm-hmm. like he, he straight calls the guy out like, Oh, well you haven't been, but <laughs> that a fact. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, I think that's very important because once again, uh, we all know that the hive oh, destroyed no. us completely on the moon, um, and that that that's their prominent area is the moon, as far as our solar system goes. 
Um, you know, you got the Venus and Mercury for the Vex, so on and so forth. We'll get into that later. So, Thorn 3, you want to break that down simply, Blue? Yeah, okay, so Thorn 3 is a transcript between an unknown ghost, or a ghost of unknown designation. God, I feel like this one should actually be read. I don't want to read the ghost voice. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> so it's, You want me to do it, Blue? <laughs> no, I'll, I'll read do it, it if you I'll want me to it. do it. I'm just going to have to do it, this. Blue. This is just so weird. Okay, user user one is ghost type designate redacted. Uh, user two is guardian type class redacted. So first off, we don't know his name, and we don't even know his class. Um, oh, God. So audio is unavailable. Transcript follows. I'll, I'll do it if you want me to. No, but... I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Okay, do it, buddy. You are not always this man. True then the math says you do not need to remain this man. You can be other. I am other. You can be better. This is better. That matter, at best, is subjective. Then what? Lesser? Some would say. But what would you say? All we've seen, and now, here with me, you have no words. I have words. But? But you will not like them. There is much I do not like. More now than ever it would seem. Heh. <laughs> I found no life and matter in your path. Only in the journey. What brought you here was nobility. And my prize. That is no prize. A curse, then? I would say. And I would disagree. You are no longer yourself. I am myself. It's who I was that's gone. Who you were held all the value. To you, to the light, the light. It is all. It is nothing but a crutch. One that has held you up, only just, and nothing more. Nothing more? You were a hero. And yet people still die. Corruption still exists. Light still fades, and darkness still spreads. As it will ever be. That doesn't mean you give in to, to what? Hope? This is not hope. This is peace. You have blood on your hands. How's that any different than prior? Innocent blood. Matter of perspective. That's the shadow talking. And I am not. The shadow? You know, these past cycles, you've made an honorable effort. Tried your best to correct my course. But I don't know it needs correcting. And if it does, could be too late. Could be is a winding path. Long way from where I was to where I'm going. That is my hope. That there is still time for corrective measures. The writing of our path. The cleansing of your shadow and a return to the light. Why'd you pick me? It doesn't work that way. Was I special? <coughs> You were, but only as special as any other. You all are special. Seems to contradict the word, don't it? Not in my estimation. If we're all special, are any of us special? Is that what you want? To be special? <laughs> you dismiss, but it's a very serious question. Is that all you're after? Is all of the death worth that badge? 
I am not already more than the rest? Looking at you here now, the smoke, ash, and bone at your feet mark you as such much as much less. Maybe. And yet, here you are. Meaning, you have been at my side every step of the way. Where else would I be? Yet you disagree so thoroughly with my change in perspective. If only the change was simply one of perspective, your evolution was no choice. This is not you having come to an understanding after careful considered thought. This is corruption. The shadows, the darkness, maybe so. There is no maybe here. And you think you can save me? I rekindled your light. It falls first to me to aid in its survival. I tire of it. You must try. I tire of you. Boop. That is no longer my name. I will not speak the other. It doesn't matter. This is where we part ways. I will not leave you. I am leaving you. Without me, your journey ahead will be much more than any one guardian can handle. That's the point. It's been some time since you saw me as worthy of walking among those I once called brother and sister. Yet, any more, I feel as though I am worthy of so much more. Without me, you will die. Someday, won't be the first time. Consider this my last good deed. I am releasing you of the burden of my deeds, both done and yet to come. I will not abandon you. You will. Or, I will carve the light from your shell and leave the carcass of my first and last friend in the dirt of this dull, red world for no one to find. Then I have failed you completely. Not me. Maybe the man I was. He is truly dead. I believe so. Belief is not fact. Semantics I no longer have the patience for. When you speak of me, use my proper name. Tell them of the man that stands before you, not the ghost of the hero I once was. You will always be to me. If you cannot let that man go, you will forever taint his legacy. All the good I have ever done will be washed away in the fire of who I have become. If you care, there is still some promise within you. If I am being honest, I care only to give hope to the frightened, huddled masses so that when I come upon them, they will have more to lose. Their pain will be greater. Their screams more pure. You, nothing dies like hope. I cherish it. You're a monster. Finally, you see the truth. Beep. Is truly dead. So I've said, long live Dredgen Yor. This is farewell, but you can only run from your sins so far. In the end, you will die alone. Maybe so. But I gotta tell you, I tend to like my odds. Your tainted rose will not always save you. Old friend, it already has. Yeah. <laughs> and I know a lot of people don't want to read that card in order with the next one. But I do want to point out that he calls his 
ghost old friend. Mm-hmm. Well, his first and last friend, yeah. And he does call him old friend specifically as well. Right. And, and this, the, is, this is also um, the reference to Mars. Uh, the the red he definitely kills red people. Wolf. Well, um, and so this is you know this is in the story of your this is this this is often considered to be either right before or right after he has killed poor pancake. So pancake could have been one of those, but we go into Thorn Four, mm-hmm. and um, once again, I think this is one of those that I feel is important to actually read. So we have U1 and U2, and they're going back and forth. Mm-hmm. And the same, parties same breakout. are... Same breakout. U1 it's, is the ghost. U2 is the guardian. Guardian type class beep redacted. Exactly. He's, he's a big beep. They don't say what exactly he is. I was reading that. I was like, he's a guardian. (laughs) I mean, I would have just went redacted, but beep definitely (laughs) fits a bill for it. And then it has, of course, Dwindler's Ridge, Jaren, Weapon of Sorrow, Yor, Dredgen. The whole nine is right there. Um,. And it starts with you one such darkness. <laughs> Impressed? Far from it. To each your own. His light is faded. His light is gone. You are an infection. I am a monster. I am that which will cleanse. You are a monster. Huh. An old friend's once made the same. He was right. And have we met earlier, so too would you be. You dare defend yourself after all you've done? As anything but monstrous? No more than a hurricane. Then you're a force of nature. I am all that is right. You may not see it for lack of looking or blind ignorance, but I am all that is good. You've just murdered a good man. He shot first, yet you stand. Guess he missed. He never misses. There's a first time for everything. His hand cannon. Nice piece of hardware. Well worn, but clean. Smooth hammer. It was his prize. Guess he put too much faith in the wrong steel. Is that where your faith lies? And steel? Not for some time. My steel is only an extension. My faith is in the shadow. Then my light is an affront to all you are. I am your truest enemy. One of many. Would you end me? Not you. Not now. This shadow knows mercy. This shadow knows no such thing. Then what? The other. The dead man's charge. The boy? You'd end him as well? If it comes to that, we'll see. I won't let you have the child. Been long enough now. 
think maybe he's a man. Cannot have him. Not yet. I won't let you. That you could stop me is an amusing thought. Here. Take it. Why? Give the apprentice's master's sword. It's a gift. You cannot have him. You fear for his light? He is special. Yes. I am aware. You're trying to tempt him. You're feeding his anger. The gun is a memento. Nothing more. You claim to be a vessel. A hollow shell of a man who once stood. But that is just a lie. The man is still in you. There is no man here. I am now. And for the rest of time, only dredging your the eternal abyss. So, not all the forgotten languages are dead. Hide behind whatever titles you wish. It is still all a facade. No force of nature will play such games. Games? The cannon. You wish to tempt the boy. To spur him on and fuel his rage. There is intent here. The action of a man. Monstrous, mad, or otherwise. You are nothing more. And what value does your conclusion bring, flawed as it may be? That a hurricane can only be weathered. Not stopped. Not redirected. A force of nature is uncaring and without content. But a man, yes. A man has none of those things. A man can be killed. And there it is. There what is? A sliver of hope. And I think that speaks a lot about Dredgen's personality. Um, that man that he was that wanted to, you know, still be there for the people. Mm-hmm. He, I I think he, you know there was there's a there's actually a really cool theory that we'll get into from that I got from Reddit about this exact thing and the the kind of the nature because you know the other thing to keep well and we'll get into it with the last word too um fragment but the other thing that is really seemingly interesting here is that he so your gives gives the weapon of his own destruction to the ghost to give to the man that will kill him and then when we when we finally do see that final showdown in uh i think it's i can't remember which one it is it's the last word four last word four he doesn't he doesn't defend himself he takes a, he takes all three shots to the face and never once goes for his gun it's to me and pens pens just put this up actually in the chat and it's it's exactly what I was just about to say. It sounds like Yor has realized that his choice was the wrong choice, but he is so far down this path that there is no hope to going back. You know, he he speaks of the um, the stepping into the shadow and not having the strength to walk back, and it's it's almost. You can feel it's a very Darth Vader esque in the sense of Return to the Jedi, where or Return of the Jedi, where he's like, you know, he realizes that 
he's made the wrong call <laughs> and the only thing that he can do is sacrifice himself for the better good. Right. I mean, can, is that not the feeling that you get from this card? Is Oh, I agree completely. Especially um, that ending. That ending is like... And, and, like, so, and, and there's, there's a different... And when you get into the other cards, too. Right, you know, right. The uh, last word cards, it's like... A sad man. Definitely. He's, he's always described in the last word cards as a sad, despairing individual. But, you know, and so here's... and Okay, so, and then I'm going to flip it, and I'm going to make the argument, too... In in Thorn Three, he just got done telling you that there's nothing sweeter than the the consumption of hope, and so you know. But I, I don't know. In the problem, the, so the major problem, and you know, we're constantly complaining about this. We don't know the timeline here. We don't know how long it's been between three and four here. I mean, it could have been. Well, we we have an idea that it's not been like centuries because um, Malfer, who is the person who is being given gifted this cannon, is uh, was a boy and is now quote unquote a man. But according to the ghost, he's not old enough. So we we kind of have a, a a feeling that it's maybe been a decade or two at max. But it's like. Even even now, he is despairing. He's despairing at the choice that he's made, and he knows that the only way that he can be stopped is by being killed. That's, that's what resonates with me when I read this particular card, but the only thing that puts that kind of on a, a tenuous standing is that the thorn three card he just got done about how he wants to eat the hope you know he he wants to he wants to he wants to give people hope so that he can then take it away from them and so you know maybe i don't know but combined with last word four and the fact that he doesn't he doesn't seem to defend himself i mean maybe malfer was just that amazing of a gunfighter but he didn't even pull for, I mean, some people argue that he got shot in the back of the head because it was just like, yeah, you know, he, I mean, so I don't know. That's the it's a, probably did. Well, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, if, if he truly was despairing, if he was truly realizing that this is the wrong path and that, you know, he's the, you know, the, not to overextend on the star Wars reference, but if he truly was realizing that the dark side was not the, the correct way then maybe he he took you know he took the lumps and just was like you know the world's better off with me and that, and like i said there's also a really interesting theory about the pendulum effect and how he may be using that to manipulate malfer in the future so i mean there and we'll get into that too so but um that's so that really i mean willie do you have anything to throw on top of the grimoire for dredgen um, not really, other than the fact that, of course, uh, you can tell he was highly respected, mm-hmm. and, um, he fell down a dark path, and I think we should get into the Jaren cards now. Well, really quick, let's, there's, there's three items that I did want to go through for Dredgen, just really quickly, um, and really I can summarize them pretty fast. 
there's the cloak and then there's dredge in yours rose and then there's actually another one called mark of contention so two of these are hunter artifacts or let me back up one of them is a hunter class item the rose is the hunter artifact and then the mark of contention is actually a titan class item um, the significance of these three, so Cloak of Dredgenior says before he took Pan- Pananin's light, Pancake's light, Dredgenior ruled the Crucible, the notorious thorn at his side. Um, this basically is I still think it's Pahanin. It's totally Pancake. So this <laughs> is confirmation that Pancake got killed by Yor. So, th- I mean, this, to me, that that's, that's, that blatantly says he ate his light he is not coming back um whereas in mark of contention it simply says the mighty thalor was invincible in the crucible until dredge and your and his thorn now some people say this is the indication that thalor was killed i'm actually in the the opposite side and i'm just saying that this is just an indication that thalor wasn't winning all the time because you're completely dominated the crucible. I Thorn. think it's an indication that Thorn is OP. I personally. think that um, you're just sore that a hunter beat a Titan. <laughs> Touche, sir. <laughs> but no. No, I've been waiting for that. Um, no, I mean, but I'm okay. Sure you have. But what I'm saying, what I'm saying is here, there is no indication in the flavor text here that Thalor actually died. It just, to me, he just lost. Well, but at the same time, you look at Thorn as a weapon of sorrow, and what it does essentially is it drains the light from its victims. Um, after we get it as the special guardian of the game, we go through trials that end up. Decent, I guess. It. It's, yeah, it's no, exactly. it's no longer you linked know, up with the hive. Because exactly. that was the yeah. cleansing it's, it's still, ritual. It it has the mark of the devourer perk, <laughs> but it it isn't what it was. You know when uh, Dredgen had it, right? And, and yeah, and so I mean, and this could be—I don't know. There's there's so many different ways to read this particular. Any the the main point here was this was. A nod to Thalor being no longer invincible. Dude, Thalor was the man. You shut your whore mouth. Well, so, okay. The, re- the reason why. <laughs> so, contention, contention is literally just a heated disagreement. And it's just like, it's, it's a translation is an assertion, especially one maintained in argument. Um, and generally, let me see here really quick, throwing this into Merriam-Webster, it applies to strife or competition that shows itself in quarreling, disputing, or controversy. Well, Dredge and Yor probably didn't play by the rules, and Thalor probably did. Most likely not. And there probably was a bit of contention between the two. And so that's where I think that kind of is, you know, maybe... You know, let's go a little bit off the 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 approved path here and say there might have been some cheating going on 
in the Crucible when Dredgen was winning, and that could have been why Thalor maybe lost. Well, I mean, I could say that, yeah. I, I, I could definitely see it, but I see it more like Dredgen went in there, everybody thought, hey, just like the normal Crucible, if I get murdered, well, who D- cares? DBM made and, the point. He's uh, he's using a final round sniper. He got a hold of Fell Winter. Decided to start blink shotgunning people. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, and yeah, then, that's my thing. It's like you, you look at it and. Why wouldn't you take that opportunity? Right, right, right. Well, and then, and so then that comes to, that brings us to the last, the last item, which is the hunter artifact. And this is dredging yours rose. Now I will be completely honest. This looks like a radioactive cabbage. I don't believe that this is a rose. I believe that this is a radioactive cabbage. And that is why my hunter still has it because I wear it like a mark of pride because I think it's hilarious. The uh, flavor text in this one is literally just a quote from one of the Grimoire, the Grimoire cards that we already read, and it says, In his strong hand, the man held a rose, and his aura burned bright. So, And it's, it's a bright green, which is where the radioactive comment comes from. I have a really long, funny story about that, but I'm not going to bore all of you with it because it's out of context and won't make any sense. So, that being said... So that that is all that is all of the information in the grimoire and items that I can think of off the top of my head and that I could find that relate to Dredge and Yor and that we talked about in the chat. So moving to the other side of the table, we're gonna go and we're gonna start with Jaren Ward. So Willie, you wanna take the the first first grimoire oh, wow. card? I thought that was muted the whole time. Um, yep. Sure. <laughs> so the these these Grimoire cards are sim- similar to Dredgen. We don't really have a Very Grimoire. Much so. Yeah, we don't really have a Grimoire card for these characters. We have a Grimoire card for their weapons of choice. And so that is where this this Grimoire card comes from. So as we start out for the last word, it says yours. Not mine. Renegade Hunter Shin Malford dredging your during the showdown at Dwindler's Ridge. The last word is a romantic weapon. A throwback to simpler times when steady aim and large rounds were enough to dispense justice in the wilds of the lawless frontier. And... Of course, some might say that time has come again, which shows you that they had a, a Wild Wild West type theme to everything yeah, which, that goes on, of course. Which ties into one of my favorite topics, the similarities between this story and the Dark Tower series. Because, you know, the man in black fled across the desert and I went after him. But moving on because I will totally go down that road for three hours if I get a chance. 
let's let's uh let's tackle the well you have anything to say about that one willie you have any about uh judge and Droz or well no about his. the last word um just as a badass weapon <laughs> and and you know so anybody who has used the weapon under knows this already, but this is a weapon that actually is a hip fire model. Um, so it actually is meant to be fired in the fashion of, you know, the old West gun battles, which is fanning, fanning the hammer to allow for a faster fire rate of fire and kind of spraying down. And it, it's meant to be very, very quickly fired. Um, so that's pretty much the only, I mean, it, it really does make you feel, and it even has the really cool little finger spin when you pull the weapon out. So, I mean, it, it does a lot of, of heavy lifting to make you connect it to a, an actual gunslinger, not, not the, not the subclass, the actual gunslinger from historical sense. So. You want me to take the the first ghost fragment? Yeah, go for it. All right. Ghost fragment, the last word. I'm writing this from memory. Some mine, but not all. The facts won't sync with the reality, but they'll be close, and there's no one to say otherwise, so for all intents and purposes, this will be the history of a settlement we called Palamon and the horrors that followed all in all too brief peace. I remember home and stories of a paradise we'd get to see someday of a city shining even in the night. Palamon didn't shine, but it was sanctuary of a sort. We'd settle into the heart of a range that stretched the horizon, wooded mountains that shot with purpose towards the sky. Winters were harsh, but the trees and peaks hid us from the world. We talked about moving on sometimes, striking out for the city. It was just a longing. Drifters came and went. On occasion they'd stay, but rarely. We had no real government, but there was rule of law. Basic tenants agreed upon by all and eventually overseen by Magistrate Loken. And there you have it. No government. Until there was. I was young, so I barely understood. I remember Loken as a hard-working man who had just become just became broken. Mostly I think he was sad. Sad and frightened. As his fingers tightened on Palamon, people left. Those who stayed saw our days and became gray. Loken's protection from the fallen, from ourselves, became dictatorial. Looking back, I think maybe Loken had just lost too much of himself, his family. But everyone lost something. And some of us had nothing to begin with. My only memory with my parents is a haze, like a daydream, and a small light like the spark of their souls. It's not anything I dwell on. They left me early, taken by dregs. Palamon raised me from there. The family I call my own, called my own, cared for me, as if I was their natural-born son. And life was good. Being the only life I knew, my judgment is skewed, and it wasn't easy, pocked by loss as it was, but I would call it good. Until, of course, it wasn't. Until two men enter my world. One, a light. The other, the darkest shadow I would ever know. So, this 
This card is actually not spoken from either perspective of Jaren or Dredgen. This is actually a third character in the story of the two men um, who goes by the name of Shin Malfer. Now, Shin Malfer was, is, well, obviously is a resident or a individual who was born, raised, lived in a city called Palamon outside of the city. And, um, you know, this was very, very old Westy. Like this is not the city that we know that we see. This is a city that's on the outskirts in the wilds, as it were, you know, a real, you know, what, well, and we come to find out it is actually today a ghost town. It's, it's nothing but ash actually. Um, and obviously they had their own issues with the fallen. Uh, you know, his, his first parents, as they call them, were taken by dregs. Uh, he was taken in by another family, his second father. And, um, yeah, that's, I mean, that's pretty much, and you get a bit of a sense of there wasn't really, this was kind of around, probably around the I want to say probably around the dark age because of the sense of no government. Um, there is not really any, uh, guardians or risen as we learned from the resident Azure card that they were called prior to the city's construction. There, there wasn't really any indication of them being there. Um, and they knew about the city. So it's kind of like the Amanda holiday, concept like they knew they heard about this you know shining even in the night you know they and he kind of it's like yeah our city doesn't do that um yeah i mean that's that's pretty much the summary from my perspective of this card now there's there's aspects that we'll touch on later um willie you got it is sharon ward confirmed oh my god freaking all right ghost fragment the last word (laughs) not even gonna touch on that one <laughs> you want you have last word two pulled up last word two i yes. can have it in just one second um while i am looking it up though i would like to bring up that uh i have trouble spelling last word at times and it's very 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 difficult for people some people like me <laughs> and uh, I love you guys <laughs> we'll throw that out there we don't make fun of him too much we promise we only make fun of him on stream a little bit All right. um, last word two is what you wanted right yes sir alrighty righty. And uh, it is pretty good. The thing you want to point out, I think, about the last word guards is the fact that they're all from Jaren or not Jaren's, but... uh, Shin. Shin's Malfur's perspective, yeah. Yeah, Shin Malfur's perspective. Right, and that's that's a fair point. They're all... um, They're all eyewitness accounts, which, you know, he, he opens it saying that. He says that, you know, this isn't really necessarily what happened but it's a close it's pretty close and it's what i can remember and what a couple other people can remember and there's really no one else left alive that experienced it so don't really matter this is what happened like is that exactly sense that i got there 
And uh, we have the Ghost Fragment 2 for the last word. The man I would come to know is Sharon Ward, my third father and quite possibly my closest friend, came to Palamon from the south. I was just a boy, but I'll never forget his silhouette on the empty trail as he made his slow walk into town. I'd never seen anything like him. None of us had. He'd said he was only passing through, and I believed him. And I still do, but life can get in the way of intent, and often does. I can picture that day with a near-perfect clarity. Of all the details, though, every nuance, every moment, the memory that sticks is in my mind is the iron. There it is. Oh, no, negative. Is it escaping you? <laughs> um, yeah, having issues with this thing right now. No worries. Let me see if I can find where we were. I can picture that day with near perfect clarity of all the details, so of every nuance, every moment. That memory sticks in my mind as the iron of Jared's hip, a cannon that looked both pristine and lived in. Like a relic of Every battle he'd ever fought hung low at his waist. A trophy and a warning. This man was dangerous, but there was a light about him. A pureness to his weight. That seemed to hint that there was an iron was something he earned, not carelessly given. I'd been the first to see him as he approached, but soon most of Palamon had turned to greet him. My father held me back as everyone stood in silence. Jaren didn't make a sound behind his sleek racer's helmet. He looked just like the heroes of the stories. And to this day, I'm not sure if one way or the other if the silence between the tower, the townspeople, and the adventurer were born of fear or born of respect. I like to think the latter, but any truth I tried to place on the moment would be of my own making. As we waited for Magistrate Loken to arrive and make an official greeting, my patience got the best of me, and I shook free of my father's heavy hand and made the short sprint across the court, stopping a few paces from where this new curiosity stood, a man unlike any other. I stood up at him, I stared up at him, and lowered his attention to me, his high eyes but hidden beneath a thick, tinted visor of his headgear. My sight quickly fell to a sidearm. I was transfixed by it. I imagined all the places that weapon had been. All the wonders it had seen. The horrors it had endured. My imagination darted from one heroic act to the next. I barely registered when he began to kneel holding out the iron as if an offering, and my eyes locked onto the piece, memorized. I recall turning back to my father and seeing the looks of the faces of everyone I knew. There was worry there. My father slowly shaking his head, as if pleading with me to ignore the gift. 
I turned my back to the man I would come to know as Jaron Ward, the finest hunter the system may have ever known, and one of the greatest guardians to ever defend the Travis Light. And I took the weapon in my hand, carefully, gently, not to use, but to observe, to imagine, to feel its weight and know its truth. That was the first time I held the last word. But unfortunately, not the last. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Wow. <laughs> so I would be remiss not to point out that this entire scene is well, okay, so the next Grimoire card is actually not a last word Grimoire card. It's actually Ghost Fragment the Dark Age 2. Um and it kind of it follows right after kind of this this whole process. Because in this card, they're still waiting for Loken to arrive and make, you know, the quote unquote official greeting, which is a common common thing. Um and Jaron, you know, Jaron is obviously he's just coming to town and all this. And there there is a clear connection in my head, at least, between this and there is a book in the Dark Tower series called The Wizard in Glass. And there is a segment in that that talks about when the main character, Roland, is a younger boy, how they visited the Barony of Mayhas, and there was a mayor, uh, Thorin. And the next card especially is almost it's it's not a direct parallel, but the sense, the feeling that they're that they have in this, the the conflict that is very evident here, you know, very very evident. Um, is very, very, very similar to that entire segment of Wizarding Glass. And so I'm going to go ahead and read it. Um, there's a couple things that I'm going to call out afterwards that, is, that, I've, that I've kind of found interesting. I don't think we got a chance to kind of touch on them in chat, but it was very just a few little tidbits that I thought were pretty interesting. So Ghost Fragment, The Dark Age 2. Loken's men found Jaren Ward in the courtyard where this had all began. Nine guns trained on him. Nine cold hearts awaiting the order. Magistrate Logan, standing behind them, looking pleased with himself. Jaron Ward stood in silence. His ghost peeked out over his shoulder. Logan took in the crowd before stepping forward as to claim the ground. His ground. You question me? There was venom in his words. This is not your home. I remember Logan's get gestures here, making a show of it all. Everyone else was still quiet. I tugged at my father's sleeve, but he just tightened his grip on my shoulder to the point of pain. His way of letting me know that this was not the time. I'd watched Jaren's every move over the past months, mapping his effortless gestures and slight earned mannerisms. I'd never seen anything like him. He was something I couldn't comprehend, and yet I felt I understood all I needed the moment I'd seen him. He was more than us. Not better. Not superior. Just more. I wanted Father to stop what was happening. Looking back now, I realized he didn't want to stop it. No one did. As Loken belittled Jaren Ward, taunted him, enumerated his crimes and sins, my eyes were stuck on Jaren's pistol, fixed to his hip, his steady hand resting calmly on his belt. I remember that pistol's weight. Effortless and my concern faded. I understood. This is our town. My town, 
Loken was shouting now. He was going to make a show of Jaren. Teach the people of Palamon a lesson in obedience. Jaren spoke. Clear. Calm. Not anymore. Loken laughed dismissively. He had nine guns on his side. Those going to be your last words then, boy? The movement was a flash. Quick as change lightning. Jaren Ward spoke as he moved. Yours. Not mine. Smoke trailed from Jaren's revolver. Loken hit the ground, a dark hole in his forehead, eyes staring into eternity. Jaren stared down the nine guns trained on him. One by one, they lowered their aim. And the rest of my life began, where, in a few short years, so many others would be ended. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, pretty obvious conflict there. Um, there, there is a little bit of an interesting thing here. Um, we all know Bungie absolutely loves the importance of numbers. Um, we also know that the number nine is very important in this game, and there is constant reference to nine weapons, nine guns, nine cold hearts, nine individuals who are basically Loken's hired guard or hired guns, I guess. And so it just, to me, that was an interesting, another little, oh, look, here's another reference of nine. Um, there in, in this, this is also indicative of, or a parallel to a part of Wizarding Glass again, in which um, Roland and what his group is, what their group in the Dark Tower is called a catet, it's a group forged by destiny or uh, their, their version of a fire team. There is a scene in which he basically faces down a group similar to this and it, it ends a little bit more peacefully. Uh, they don't, they don't necessarily kill them all at that time in the book, but it's a very, very similar feeling to this, this whole staring down this whole classic, you know, gunslinger esque type conversation um, and then, yeah, there's there's a very, and DBM is pointing this out in chat, there's there's also that ending there that, you know, Shin's, Shin's life begins here in Palamon, in this, this courtyard, and there's a kind of a, a very, very dark reference here on where in a few short years, so many others would be ended. And we also we're also not really sure on what all these crimes and these accusations are that are being leveled against Jaren, who, for all for all intents and purposes, is a pillar of a guardian, is a very looked up to individual. Um, but apparently, he's done something to step on the toes of Loken to the point that Loken decided to go out of his way and make a display that kind of literally backfired in his face. You know, and so there, there was that. It was just this is an interesting little tidbit from actually this story that we we actually got in. I think this, yeah, this one was uh, a vanilla grimoire card. So the uh, the card that follows this is the last word three, and it was the fourth night of the seventh moon. Nine rises since any sign. Trail was cold, but lukewarm would have been an exaggeration. Trail wasn't cold, sorry. Trail wasn't cold, but lukewarm would have been an exaggeration. Jared had us holed up by a ravine. The heavy wood among, along the cliff's edge caught the wind, holding back the cold and the rush of water muffled our conversation. We'd seen dual skiffs hanging low as they cut through the valley. 
wasn't known voluntary territory, but any more that's a dangerous assumption. There were six of us then, three less than two two moons prior, but still, one more than when we'd first turned our backs to Palamon's ash. We took a rotation for watch during the night. The movement was kept to a minimum and communication was down to hand signals and simple gestures. We could hold our own in a fight, but only the dead went looking for one, a hard truth that cut in direct opposition to our reasons for being so far from anything resembling civilization, much less our safety. The skiffs had spooked Kressler and Nada, and in truth me as well. But looking back, I think we were just all grasping for any good reason to turn back. Not because we would turn back, but because it seemed to be our only real hope. And I think we all knew it. Forward, where we were headed, into the unknown, following the footsteps we were. It all just started to feel like a never-ending dead end after a while. Jaren never wavered, though. Not once. At least not to any noticeable degree. It was his drive, his conviction that kept us going. And it's hard to think on... But if I'm honest, it was his death that rekindled my own fire. A fire that was all but exhausted on that cold night. He seemed confident we were close. But more than confident? Sure. He seemed sure. No one else felt it. Our own confidence and any enthusiasm we'd have was set with, was set to wither soon as Brevin, Trin, and Mel were gunned down. The ghost, Jaren's ghost, never said a word to any of us. Just hung there. Always alert. Always judging, not us per se, but the moment, any moment. I never got the sense it thought of us any lesser. More that it was guarded, wary. We knew we could speak. We'd overheard them a few times, just brief words, and no one ever pressed the subject. From time to time, I caught its gaze lingering on me. But it always assumed the attention was a result of the bond Jaren and I had. He was a father to me. At the time, I didn't know why he'd single me out as someone to care for someone to protect. After all the loss, I welcomed it. But looking back, taking in the arm's length at which he kept the others, I guess I should have known, or at least suspected, there was more to it. We all woke that night, closer to morning than the previous day. A crack of gunfire split through the wood, then more, far off, but near enough to pump the blood. A familiar ring, last word, Jaren's sidearm, his best friend. Then another, a single shot, An unmistakable echo calling through the night, hushed, cutting. One shot, dark and infernal, followed by silence. We crouched low and quiet, listening, hoping. Jaren was gone, off on his own. Maybe we were closer than we'd allowed ourselves to believe. Too close. He'd gone to face death alone. I couldn't admit it, not at the time. But he thought he was protecting us. After such a long road, years on its heels, a trail littered with suffering and fire, maybe he just couldn't take the thought of any more dead kids, as he called us. The echoes faded and we all held still. No way to track the detection direction. No sense in rushing blind. What was done was done. The cadence of the shots fired told a story none of us cared to hear. Last word, it hadn't been. And somewhere in the world, close enough for us to bear absent witness but far enough to be a dream, Jaron Ward lay dead or dying, and there was nothing to be done. Hours passed, an eternity. We held our spot, but as the sun rose, the others began to fade back into the world. Without Jaron, there was nothing holding us together, no driving force. 
Vengeance had grown stale as a motivator. Fear and a longing to see more suns rise drove a wedge between duty and desire. By midday, I was alone. I couldn't leave. Wouldn't. Either I would find Jaren and set him at ease, or the other would find me, and that would be a fitting end. Death marching on. But then emotion, quick and darting. My muscles tense and my hands shot to the grip of my lead slinger. Then a confirmation of the horrible truth I had already accepted, as Jaren's ghost came to a halt a few paces from me, in front of me. I exhaled and slumped forward, still standing but broken. The tiny light looked at me over it with a curious tilt to its axis, and then shot a beam of light over my body, scanning me as it had done the very first time we met. I looked up, staring into its singular glowing eye, and it spoke. <clears throat> and so, a lot of different things to take out of that. Um, first off, very, 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 very similar to the first Dark Tower series, uh, the Gunslinger, in which at the end of the book, the Roland holds a Pavilar with the man in black who he chased across the desert after eradicating a couple of towns. Um, the person that they are chasing, well, it never specifies who they are chasing. Um, it never specifies what they're chasing them over. There's a um, a number of people who point out that there were three members who were gunned down. And in Thorn, the Ghost Fragment card, there were three individuals who were gunned down. Um, so there's a bit of potential connection there that they might have not actually been bandits. They might have actually been a group of these quote-unquote kids that were following Jaren that got separated or made you know their own way or whatever and got caught unawares by Yor. <clears throat> um, there's also a large group of people who argue that this is the proof that or this is one of the pieces of proof that Ward is not your because of the difference in gunfire between Last Word and Thorn. Um, it's a good argument. Uh, there's a couple people who have different differing opinions on how that could get or be getting around for the to be the same person. Um, the other thing here is that Jaren really is the linchpin of this group, as is seen at the very end of there. But with that being said i'm not really i don't really have anything else to unpack just necessarily from this card the last card is ghost fragment the last word four <clears throat> and so a quick summary of so the last card was jaren's death um and then this card which is the last grimoire card we're going to touch on this is actually the card for yours death and so this is the one that we kind of were commenting on with thorn for uh let me get in here all right so ghost fragment the last word for then palamon was ash i was only a boy my face caked in soot snot and sorrow i had assumed jaren my friend our guardian the savior palamon would always protect us could always save us but I was a fool. Jaren and the others, only a handful, but still our best hunters, our hardest hearts, had left three suns prior, tracking fallen after the bandits had caused a stir. The stranger, the other, 
arrived the following day. He rarely spoke, took a room, took our hospitality. I was intrigued by him, as I was Jaron when he'd first arrived, but the stranger was cold, distant, damaged, I thought. But I wasn't afraid. Not yet. Only a child, I knew the monsters of our world to walk like men, but they were not. They were something alien, four-armed and savage. The stranger was polite, but solemn. I took him for a sad, broken man, and he was. Though at the time, I didn't understand how that could make one dangerous. As with Jaren, Father made an effort to keep me away from the stranger. It wouldn't matter. As the silhouette approached, fear held tight. The dark figure towered over me, looking into me, through me. He smiled, my knees weak, all lost. Then he turned and walked away, leaving ruin and a heartbroken, terrified boy in his wake without a second glance. I've been chasing that stranger's shadow ever since. Now? We stood silent, the sun high. Seconds passed, feeling more like hours. He looked different. He seemed now to be weightless and effortless in an existence that would crush a man burdened by conscience. My gaze remained locked as I felt a heat rising inside me. The other spoke. Been a while. I gave no reply. The gunslinger's sword. His cannon. That was a gift. My silence held as my thumb caressed the perfectly worn hammer at my hip. An offering from me. To you. The heat grew, centered in my chest. I had felt like a coward the day Jaren Ward died, and for many cycles after. But here, I felt only the fire of my light. The other probed. Nothing to say. He let the words hang. I've been waiting for you. For this day. His attempt at conversation felt mundane when judged against all that had come before. Many times I thought you'd falter. Given up. All I'd lost... All who'd suffered flashed rapidly through my mind, intercut with a dark silhouette walking toward a frightened, weak coward of a boy. The fire burned in me. The other continued, but here you are. This is truly an end. As his tongue slipped between syllables, my gun hand moved of its own phone will. Reflex and purpose merged with anger, clarity, and an overwhelming need for just that, an end. In step with my motion, the fire within burst into focus through my shoulder down my arm as my finger closed on the trigger of my third father's cannon. Two shots, two bullets engulfed in an angry glow. The other fell. I walked to his corpse. He never raised his cursed thorn, the jagged gun with a festering sickness. I looked down at the dead man who had caused so much death, my shooter still embraced by the dancing flames of my light. A sadness came over me. I thought back to my earliest days of Palamon, of Jaren. Leveling my cannon at the dead man's helm, I paid one final tribute to my mentor, my savior, my father, and my friend. Yours, not mine, as I closed my grip, allowing Jaren's cannon, now my own, to have the last loud word. So, lot there. And just like we were saying, quick summary on that one was, this is yours, death. Um, <clears throat> at the hands of Shin Malfer, uh, which is using Jaren Ward's hand cannon. 
which is the last word, obviously. Um, big, big thing that a lot of people here point to is the fact that this is the, the advent, the birth of the golden gun. This, the parallels are just really too obvious to dismiss. Golden gun in the game has three shots. Uh, this one obviously has three shots. He even wasted two shots because he probably killed him with the first one. And he probably, he sadly did not explode like most of my golden guns do. But, um, the indication here, and this is kind of what we were mentioning on Thorn 4, is the fact that uh, Dredgen doesn't seem to fight. He doesn't seem to even try to pull his own weapon. And even Shin made a point of this. He said he never raised his Thorn, the jagged gun with a festering sickness. Um, and so it's just, this is again kind of a the ending to the entire story between Dredgen and Jaren with Shin as the final consequence for all this. And I'm sorry, the chat. Um, yeah, there's a lot of monologue on Dredgen's part for this entire process. Like Shin is not really, other than the fact that these cards are written by Shin, Shin does not seem to be a individual of a lot of words, um, which we, I'm not entirely too concerned with that. I mean, that seems he seems to let his actions speak louder than most of his words. Um, so now that so now that we're done with the grimoire, let's touch on the. There are well, there's one. There are three quests, and then there's actually one other grimoire card that kind of ties into the last word that some of you probably are aware of. Um, let me go through the quest real quick. The quotes just real will actually be a segue into this next grimoire card. So there is a quest to speak to Banshee 44 at the tower, um, after completing a particular thing in a gunsmith. And it says the last word. Now that was one of the best hand cannons I ever saw. And I don't say that lightly. Ain't seen it's like since, well, since a long time. And that's Banshee 44. And then there is another quote on another quest that says you've heard of the last word but have you heard of the gun that came before it and that was an, that's another banshee quote and then the final one which is the actual naming of this other hand cannon the last word and the first curse sisters partners but one was lost to fire and with it the memory of how to forge it and that quote is from S. Barnes Davis. And I think that would be a perfect opportunity to introduce everyone to a weapon that was introduced in our recent DLC, The Taken King, The First Curse. And the flavor text on this one is, Is When Death Becomes an Afterthought. And the Grimoire card says, People always forget about the other one, the first one. They remember its twin, the last word because that's an easier story to tell. But it's not the whole story. Truth is, there were two of them. Back then in the lawless days, days before the city was anything more than a rumor, there are thousands of tales of the fate of the first curse. Which one will you tell? Now, the interesting thing on this one is that both the first curse and the last word are very obviously guns made from a foundry called Tex Mechana, which actually S. Barnes, thank you, DBM, 
Um, he pointed out in chat, S. Barnes is actually the owner of Tex Mechanica. Or Tex Machina. Man. Um, so, so the, uh, the Tex Machina guns were related. Uh, well, the, the common thread with all the, the guns in the Tex Machina line are this, that scroll work, I think is if I'm remembering this correctly, I'm not DBM and Unisys are the, the weapon specialist on this one. So I'm going to kind of, I'd have to defer to them. And if you're in the chat with us, you can definitely ask them all about it. Um, but the last word and the text, ma- um, the first curse both have similar, yeah, similar flavors is what DBM is throwing up. They, they are all very, very old West themed weapons. And if I remember off the top of my head, Tex Machina it was designed for a time in which the owner of the gun was going to be needing to actually break it down in the field and take it apart. So they were made very user-friendly, I guess would be the, friend, the, the word that I would use. Um, they were made so that they could be repaired in the field. Um, they were not necessarily the fancy-dancy Amelon or fancy, you know, newer foundries they i think the tex machinas were actually the one of the first if not the first weapons foundry i'm not 100 percent sure on that one like i said you'll need to you'll need to confirm that with unisys and dbm but so those those are the last of the grimoire references to jaren and dredgen which actually i have about it actually took us longer than I was expecting, but we have about 15 minutes to touch on the ideas from the chat. And there were, there were quite a few. And like we said at the beginning, there were, there are a number of different opinions. Um, some of them really fun to read. And so let's just jump in here real quick. I kind of, am going to break this out. We have, we have a chat that, you know, the focus fire chat. And then I also post all the stuff on the destiny lore Reddit to also kind of get a feedback from that area as well to see what they have. And so I'm going to break it out a little bit. There's a few, there's obviously going to be a few that kind of transcend into both of those. And there's a few actually that come from Reddit that I really liked. And there's a few from the chat that actually make a lot of sense too. And the first one is actually that the, the character of Rezel is dredgen. Um, this was also, this was both from the chat and then also it was thrown into the Reddit thread by a couple people. And the, uh, the, the large, the large basis of this assumption is, is the similarities in language between the cards of the ghost fragment thorn and the actual, the Grimmel card of Rezul Azir. Um, there's a lot of themes that are very similar and very, uh, they 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 just resonate in both cards. Uh, <clears throat> the first one is the hope and the man, and it's the ghost fragment thorn says the noble man stood and people looked to him for he was a beacon, hope given form, and yet still only a man. And the Resolazir card says Resolazir was a man, hope blossomed to Resol. It was a currency, hope brought tomorrow, and this not only does this kind of sing of he is only a man concept but the whole hope blossomed 
kind of also rings of how Yor used to look at, at his cannon as a rose, and he focused on its bloom. But then he translates in Ghost Fragment Thorn 2, he then goes on to say, but the bloom is just a byproduct of its anger. And there's also a, um, a tie-in to Ghost Fragment Thorn 3, when Yor speaks and he says, If I'm being honest, I care only to give hope to the frightened, huddled masses so that when I come upon them, they will have more to lose. Their pain will be greater. Their screams more pure. And there's, there's actually a quote in the Azir card that reads rather similarly. And it says, Factions grew from the huddled masses, like minds coming together to provide support, comfort. The sanctuary became divided. The shadow of light grew darker. And so that's one of the themes. Uh, the The next theme that really, and I'm going to run through these really fast. The next theme that stood out with these two, this this particular two cards, is the pride and the secret fear of darkness. And in the Ghost Fragment Thorn, there is a quote that said, "But the man had a secret fear. His thoughts were dark. A sadness crept from the depths of his being. He had been a hero for so long, but pride had led him down sorrow's road." And in Rezel's card, there's a there's a pretty long quote, and it says Rezel had been a champion of these wars, a leader. Against the alien pirates he had been more. If the giant wasn't a god, then maybe Rezel was. Yet Rezel grew weary. Stories haunted his nights, old stories, those no longer told, those locked behind tight lips for fear of what they may invoke. Whenever the sun dropped behind below the horizon and the moon rose high, Rezel's thoughts wandered. How safe was safe? How long could they fight with the darkness still writhing? Um, so, in the, and that kind of speaks to both of them had a noted uh, secret fear of the darkness, of the shadow. And then both of them also had elements of this this sense of pride. I mean, they viewed Rezel as a god. Uh, there is indications that the man from Ghost Fragment Thorn was, you know, a very bright figure. He he was the hero of the heroes. And then there's also the obsession with the moon. Um, the Ghost Fragment Thorn 2, there's the entire conversation with Yor, where he, he speaks to the shadows of the moon and the fields of bones and how he's kind of, I mean, he kind of comes across as being very proud of the fact that he'd been there. And then in the Resident Azir card, it ends... The, the ending of the card is that every night he would think about all that never was, that was never said and stare intently at the moon above. Um, this is one of the more tenuous connections because that last quote from Resolute card, I, I'm not really sure it's necessarily that he's obsessed with the moon or that he knows that there is something on the moon that is coming for him. Um, there is actually a hurt chain from Reddit actually kind of put a lot of he put it very well and I'm going to I'm just going to read what he he actually put up there if that's so this is this is from Hurt Chain he said quote his first goal was to give people hope but learned or was tempted to believe that fear was the greatest way to give hope Rezel adopted the name Yor as not to taint the hope he had previously created and then went on to strike fear into everyone he could so that they would lose faith in their strength and to have hope. The thorn used to be rose, but upon some exposure to the hive, it became tainted just as its user. 
The draining effect of the thorn could be described by Pajari, who says that the cut blood light and stayed after the visions had faded. Yor would go on to stop Thalor, the pre-nerf Sunbreaker, and Panhanin, the sole survivor of the original Vault of Glass fire team, which was worse than the Crota team, in my opinion. And Jaren Ward, the man who had given the Wilds hoped. Hope. Yor made himself an antithesis to what people had hoped for, so when Shin Malfor was basically allowed to kill him, he then became the opposite of what Yor had become. Yor's tactic may have been brutal and unproductive, but we still have to see what happened to Shin after the battle and see if he took up the mantle Yor had created for him. That end quote. And so it's, that's an interesting twist on the idea because the thing that that does is it actually gives Yor a bit of credit in creating Shin. Now, now Herchain also has this theory that maybe Shin could be the speaker um, because of the pendulum effect that such a event would have caused. Um, I'm not. I'm not 100 on that one. Uh, I see. I see the the logical conclusion that such a such a path definitely has. Um, not a hundred percent on it. Um, that that's really the Rezel as Dredgen. The um, the next one is Dredgen as Jaren, which is a very common assumption that a lot of people kind of have the thought process there. And with this, with this was a really interesting topic because we got we kind of got into paracausality and temporal shifts and multiverse theories to kind of explain the the how this could be done. Um, but there was one really interesting conversation that I kind of got way, I wait, I started weighing in and, and that would, that dealt in the psychology of what exactly it means when a guardian is raised and the, the impact of the psychology of a guardian, as far as the manifestation of that guardian's light, um, because the number one argument against dread, well, a, very powerful argument against Dredgen and Jaren being the same person is obviously the also the uh, very strong assumption that Dredgen is portrayed as a warlock and Jaren is a hunter. Now, if you start looking at the manifestation of the light as a psychological projection upon the world from the inner self into the outer self. If you actually have a multiple personality disorder, that's actually visible in not just, I mean, it can manifest physically, but usually it's a very, very different psychological stamp, I guess you would call it. And so if you understand that light is manifested from the self and is channeled by that self and projected out based on that self, the idea of a multiple personality or a, a disassociative identity disorder would actually allow for a single individual to transcend classes if that was the case. Um, so that was that was a that was a fun conversation we had. I absolutely loved having that conversation. Um, the other argument against this is obviously the whole the whole scene where he shoots the last word twice and then shoots thorn and you know we don't the the counter argument is well we don't see what happens we don't we weren't actually there we just you know we never actually see in the grimoire that jaren's body is found um and it's a pretty obvious like it's a very obvious theme in most science fiction if you don't see the dead body chances are it's a villain uh, or it's coming back 
And so there, there was a, there's a lot of assumption on that too. Um, you know, you could have a fight club situation where he thinks that he's, you know, different people, but he's not different people. Um, that's really what I remember from that particular topic. Uh, there was, there was a bit of idea that maybe he's the same person from a different alternate reality or a, a alternate reality. Um, in the sense that, you know, there is also an understanding of the Vex are from an alternate reality that were allowed in by Crota during the Books of Sorrow when he created a wound that let them into their reality. Um, this is kind of a similar idea um, that the alternate reality that they, um, they're the same people from a different timeline or a different reality. That's po- that's supposing a multiverse theory, which it was, um, you know, whatever. So that's that was one of the thing. Um, then there was the whole class discussion. Now, Ward is pretty definitively def- is presented definitively as a hunter. He's he's called a hunter in a grimoire card and multiple things. Um. There is also the whole Grimoire card uh, image. If you look at the actual image of the Grimoire card, it is a hunter build, which we kind of already said. There is also the manner in which he wears the the hand cannon, which is very much similar to the fashion that most hunters wear on their hip instead of at the small of their back in the in the in the game. And then there's actually uh, a reference to Jaron Ward in Cade's treasure book. And its quote is, say the name Jaron Ward. Hunters need to get their words in edgewise. And there's a sketch. It's apparently right next to a sketch of the last word. Um, So, like I said, pretty obviously, Ward is a hunter. Now, your. Your is, take your pick. Um, There are thoughts that he's a hunter because of the portrayal of his name on hunter artifacts. And hunter class items. There's the argument that Yor himself um, shed his guardian status and his guardian class um, when he became Yor. I I tend to personally disagree with that one simply because we know for a fact that he had a ghost for a time because he was in the Crucible. Um, so unless he managed to go through the Crucible with no death, he's that's pretty impressive. Um, yeah, that, yeah. Um, then there's the argument that Yor is actually a warlock and that is also similar to Ward or sorry, Yor, yeah, Ward as a hunter, which is derived from the presentation of the Grimoire card. Yor as a warlock is also, if you look at the Grimoire card and then there's actually an official wallpaper for Thorn that Bungie released, it is a warlock build. Um, we already kind of spoke about that. It's the Warlock Helmet, which is the Tenju Operant 7, and that is a beta variant. It is not the one that is in-game. So if you go look at the one in-game, it looks nothing like it. It's It doesn't look anything like it. Um, the flavor text on it, uh, it just says, Do not allow the quest for knowledge to become paralytic. Only through action can you iterate on your belief. The other thing i don't really i don't have a connection to draw on that one um the other thing is on the bungee wallpaper there is an actual dead orbit bond on his arm so that to me i mean to me 
I I think that's pretty clear. I don't know. I I definitely see your as a warlock being kind of interesting. I also see that because I also read the Dark Tower parallels in this entire story. And I think your is more of a the man in black and Ward would be your or Ward or Malfer as kind of the Roland figure. They kind of fluctuate between the two, between um, the parallels in the storyline. But your is definitely the man in black that the gunslinger is chasing across the desert. And he was always portrayed as a wizard, which is a warlock. And correct. Unisys is pointing out in chat. It could have been artwork that carried over before the rewrite that supposedly happened before release. That is, that's entirely, um, correct. Um, I'm sorry. I'm going to read back over here real quick. DBM actually does say that. Yeah. Bungie has said that your and Ward are different people. They were old friends. It was pre TTK launch. So, okay. If that, if that is actually a question, DBM, if you have, um, do you have that? If you have that quoted for me, I couldn't find that. Um, shoot me a quote on that one and I will totally, run with it the the one last one last idea i'm running through these really fast one last idea is actually from reddit and it it's a pretty fun one it's from uh nemissary i apologize if i mispronounce any of these names on the reddit users um nemissary actually pointed out that there's a theory that your is actually pajari there and this is a this is a little bit of a tie-in to your as a warlock. But if you look at the Thanonaut dream of Pajari from, I just blanked on the card, but there's the Thanonaut dream of Pajari, uh, where he looks at the dark guard or the black garden and he cuts his hand with a thorn and it bleeds light. And then there's a connection between that and the fact that your is known to later rename his hand cannon to thorn. And the effect of it was to drain that victim's light to the point of killing them. And so the reason the, the other point of that connection is that that wound in his hand by the rose, the flower that became a ghost shaped or the ghost shaped flower that became a thorn and wounded his hand was that after his ghost resurrected him from his death, the wound remained and it was a permanent wound. Now, what would be a nail in the coffin on this argument is if we knew if Yor had a scar in his hand, I think that would have been amazing, but we don't know that. In fact, we don't ever have a physical description of either of them. Other than there's one that's bright and there's one that's dark. Now that goes back into the the entire idea that Dredgen is Jaren. Um, the point was made that this is all coming from an eyewitness and the eyewitness would be biased. And so would obviously put the either side of the individuals um, on polar opposites. Um, I'm trying to th- think off the top of my head i believe that is actually all we did have a really interesting conversation about the potential of your being a taken but that didn't really go anywhere so with all that being said i'm gonna just jump into shout outs which just a big shout out to the destiny lore reddit um first off we, I, I was actually kind of nervous about putting this topic up because I've seen this particular topic go downhill very fast in forums, um, <clears throat> bungees, um, 
which not, nothing. I mean, the mods over there do a fantastic job, but it gets very, very, very nasty, very fast. And it actually, you know what? You guys did a really good job. I, I've, I've mentioned that at the very start of the chat, um, about our own chat, our own focus fire chat and, you know, Reddit, you surprised me. You did a good, great job. Um, other than that, I'm going to give a shout out to Justin and bell. I hope, uh, you guys will, we missed you. Um, it's tough doing this solo, and I will blame you, Justin, for a long time on this one. With that, um, I'm going to just go ahead and start wrapping up the chat. And I just wanted to say thank you again to those over in the chat for coming to spend the evening with us. Um, if you'd like to join us, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash chat. There are links to all our sites, which can also be found on our with our episode archives over on the Podbean site, focusfirechat.podbean.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any questions or topics that you'd like to see us tackle in our new YouTube videos that we're actually still in the process of putting together, the Lore 101 series and Justin Spinfoil Corner. Uh, we try to keep to the scheduled Wednesday night streams with the chat. We start approximately at 10 p.m. Central. But if we have any variations, we always, always, always try to make sure to let everyone know through our Twitter account, which is just at Focus Fire Chat. So until next time, the lore band marches on. <laughs>